Listen to the best wrestling podcast in the world. Journey into Wrestling every other Wednesday on the Journey into Comics Network. The following is a following journey into comics. 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 Network. 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 Production. Production. Ladies and gentlemen, this is episode 7 of Poor360, and it happens to be a special because 7 is my favorite number, and I'm actually recording this on my birthday, so happy birthday to me. Now, the winner of the poll for this week was the Academy Awards. Uh, they both were close rated. It was Academy Awards versus TV ratings, because one thing that comes up a lot with these award shows with major TV events like the Super Bowl, the Grammys, all of that, is ratings, because... Obviously, if it's not getting the ratings, it's not getting the viewership, they want to change things, retool them. So, the Academy Awards won. It was last time I'm recording this, or Sunday night, for those of you who are tuning in to the episode. And it was an interesting experience. This was the first Oscars that didn't have a host. They also were trying to do a bunch of different things. This is the first one featuring a Marvel or a superhero movie in Best Picture. So, and Nate talked about that on his episode yesterday. So there's definitely some uh, some fun stuff there, but before I really get into like the history of the Academy Awards and kind of how long it's going on for what's... I'm going to talk about last night's, or Saturday night's Academy Awards, which was the 91st Academy Awards. And here are, uh, this is from a CNN Entertainment article, these are the takeaways from the 2019 Host Free Awards. So it's a sigh of relief time at the Academy of of motion picture arts and sciences after a tumultuous buildup, a host-free, more streamlined Oscars yielded a mild uptick in ratings Sunday night, and while far from perfect, a slick and satisfying enough show to avoid the disaster of surely some surely anticipated some surely anticipated or to avoid the disaster that some surely anticipated. The question is now: What led the Grammys? The Oscars achieved a modest audience gain after an alarming drop in 2018. If the lessons that the Academy can apply going forward aren't entirely clear. Thanks in part to all the variables at play, other than the fact that the efforts to change revolve the show and its format in any significant way, including the nominees and winners, are going to be met with stiff resistance from traditionalists who would protect the institution. Sifting through the remnants of Oscar Night, here are five key takeaways and areas that Academy will surely be contemplating in post-mortem conversations. So, the ratings. So, Oscar ratings have marked improvement after last year's all-time low, rising to 29.6 million viewers. Per Nielsen data, a 12% increase. Then again, with blockbuster nominees, high-profile talent like Lady Gaga likely to attract viewers who might not have otherwise watched, in the lure of a train wreck that didn't materialize. The Oscars possessed enough sizzle that anything less than an uptick would have left the Academy as a panic-stricken as organizers sometimes looked in the run-up to the awards. Notably, the pattern for the Oscars mirror the Grammys, which also plummeted in 2018 and rebounded slightly earlier this month. In the current crowded broadcast environment, just holding serve in tennis terms was like the reason to jump over the net, even if the lower level becomes the new normal. So, like I said before, the, it went host-free. So the Oscars usually feature a host as a means of promoting the show, since that's one of the few new elements from year to year. In any way, the absence of hosts filled uh, this year wondering what the show would look like, and not having to service one shticks did help stream the ceremony and put the focus on the nominees. Still, foregoing a host doesn't feel like a change that can be yet to be embraced in perpetuity. It's an option, but hardly... Hardly the way to go. 
So, uh, the structure. So the Academy retreated from plans to present four technical categories during commercial breaks amid serious blowback from its membership. And the buoyant speeches by some of the less heralded winners made a strong case for keeping them in the show. That said, no other televised award hands out honors for things like documentary and animated shorts that particularly no one in the viewing audience has seen, or little understood technical skills like sound mixing. Racing through these categories, having a single pair of presenters hand out multiple awards rapid fire simply makes sense. At least until the Academy perhaps inevitably tries to, again, to squeeze them out of the telecast. As it was, other auditory elements like the in-memoriam segment acknowledging lifetime achievement honorees felt somewhat truncated. Clearly, this year's commitment to shorten the show, which still ran beyond three hours, isn't going to fade away given ABC's commitment to that strategy. And it didn't really go that much over. It went like three hours, 15, 18 minutes, which is a big change from the three hours and 50 minutes we saw just last year. So... Now the nominees and winners. The Academy dispensed with plans for a popular film category that then actually nominated, and even extended several honors to some popular films, including Black Panther, Bohemian Rhapsody, and A Star is Born. Problem solved. Not exactly. Green, Green Book turned out to be a highly divisive choice for Best Picture, but it felt like more of a conventional choice, whereas its two principal rivals faced historic impediments. Black Panther's superhero movie, a genre that the Academy has never designed to even nominate before, and Roma came from Netflix, a streaming service that, despite the millions spent on promotion, remains an upstart in movies and indeed a perceived threat to the basic theatrical model. I mean, it also was entirely in Spanish, subtitled, yeah. In hindsight, the example of Lord of the Rings might be the most instructive. As the third movie in the trilogy, The Turn of the King finally won Best Picture in 2004, and what amounted to recognition of director Peter Jackson's overall accomplishment. For a movie like Black Panther to win, given the Oscars' recent history, it's likely going to have to require such trailblazers with the beneficiaries building on what they accomplished. The same likely goes for Roma, as Netflix appears determined to wear down the movie business, mirroring its approach to television. This also one was heralded for inclusion. So many hailed the diversity of winners' nominees on Oscar night just a few years after the Oscars' so white hashtag. Despite the Academy's conscious effort to address the issue, this is one area where the organization remains resilient on the companies that submit films for consideration. Simply put, a greater abundance of on-screen opportunities, more at-bats for movies made by the, made by and starring people of color will yield more contenders. On the plus side, the system movies like Black Panther and Crazy Rich Asians should pave the way for more. And if there's one thing that has remained true of Hollywood, even with these fast-changing times, the old adage that nothing succeeds quite like success. Now, like I said, the ratings were a big uptick. I know if... It really had dropped in a way if the viewership really wasn't there. They were really going to freak out, I'm sure, a lot of changes that they did reverse, like the keeping it a hard three hours, airing four categories during commercial breaks, the addition of the best pitch roster, things that they're doing to boost ratings. If this didn't work, when they put it all back, they were just going to be stronger in doing it going forward. So now, that was kind of the 2018 Oscars. Obviously, it was a big win. I did see... Seven of the eight Best Picture nominees. I didn't see Roma, even though it's on Netflix. I normally see it as a part of a showcase with my wife, but that didn't really happen this year. So I did see, like I said, saw everything but Roma. Saw Green Book. I personally liked. I know there, it was divisive, and it was basically driving Miss Daisy what with the roles reversed. So that's kind of how that is. But now, like I said, the the we've been talking about the Academy Awards, and it's. The Academy Awards is kind of three things. So the Academy Awards is also known as the Oscars. So they kind of get used interchangeably. And it can really mean... And when you think of the Academy Awards, are you thinking of the telecast, which is the presentation of these awards 
by the elect by the voting body. You have the award itself, and you have the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences who give out this annual award. So, so but let's say the Academy Awards are a set of awards for artistic and technical merit in the film industry given annually by the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences, or AMPAS, AMPAS, to recognize excellence and cinematic achievements as assessed by the Academy's voting membership. Various category winners are awarded a copy of a golden statuette, officially called the Academy Award of Merit, although more commonly referred to by its nickname, Oscar. The award was originally sculpted by George Stanley from a design sketch by Cedric Gibbons. AMP was first presented in, in 1929 at a private dinner hosted by Douglas Fairbanks in the Hollywood Roosevelt Hotel. The Academy Award ceremony was first broadcast on radio in 1930 and televised for the first time in 1953. It is the oldest worldwide entertainment award ceremony is now seen live worldwide. Its equivalents, the Emmy Awards for Television, the Tony Awards for Theater, and the Grammy Awards for Music are modeled after the Academy Awards. So, like I said, we just had the 91st Academy Awards. It honored the best films of 2018. So obviously it's always going to, even though it's in 2019, it's always going to reward films up until... I think December ish of twenty of the year prior. So movies that come out usually early December, sometimes even as late as like Christmas time, will will be in vying for contention. So a total of three thousand seventy two Oscar catches have been awarded from the inception of the award through the ninetieth ceremony. Now the first Academy Awards presented was held on May sixteenth, nineteen twenty nine. So it was in the summer at one point or close to the summer. Like I said, it was at a private dinner at the Hollywood Rosewood Hotel. With an audience of about 270 people, which is kind of a far cry from what it is now. The most awards party was held at the Mayfair Hotel. The cost of guest tickets for that night's ceremony was $5, 73 in 2018 dollars. 15 statuettes were awarded, honoring artists, directors, and other participants in the filmmaking industry of the time. For the work during the 1927 to 28 period, the ceremony ran for 15 minutes. Also a far cry from what it is now. Winners were announced to media three months earlier. That was changed for the second ceremony in 1930. Since then, for the rest of the first decade, the results were given to newspapers for publications at 11 p.m. on the night of the Oscars. The message was still used until an occasion when the Los Angeles Times announced the winners before the ceremony began. As a result, the Academy has, since 1941, used a sealed envelope to reveal the name of the winners. Now, the institutions. The first Best Actor awarded was Emil Jannings for his performance in The Last Command, and the way of all flesh. He had to return to Europe before the ceremony, so the Academy agreed to give him the prize earlier. This made him the first Academy winner in history. At that time, the winners were recognized for all of their work done in a certain category during the qualifying period. For example, Janice received the award for two movies in which he starred during that period, and Janet Gaynor later won a single Oscar for performance in three films. With the fourth ceremony, however, the system changed, and professionals were honored for a civic performance in a single film for the first six ceremonies. The eligibility period spanned two calendar years. That's interesting. I didn't actually know this going in that originally, in the early days of the Academy Awards, that they recognize an actor, an actor to get nominated, they recognize his work of that previous year. So it could be interesting. So you could see Michael B. Jordan, for example, who just readily came to mind because I, because of Black Panther and seeing him at the awards show. like He did Creed Two and Black Panther last year. You can, in theory, then be recognized for both of those films if he would, say, get a nomination for actor. So that's, that's interesting. 
So for the first six ceremonies, the eligibility period spanned two calendar years. At the 29th ceremony held on the 27th of March of 1957, see it's moving closer, the best foreign language film category was introduced. Until then, foreign language films have been honored with a special achievement award. The 74th Academy Awards held in 2002 presented the first Academy Award for Best Animated Feature, which is surprising given that all of the Disney films came out before 2002, I guess were just only eligible for Best Picture or other Special Achievement Awards. And since the 1973, all Academy Award ceremonies have ended with the Academy Award for Best Picture. Traditionally, the previous year's winner for Best Actor and Best Supporting Actor present the award for Best Actress and Best Supporting Actress, while the previous year's winner for Best Actress and Best Supporting Actress present the awards for Best Actor and Best Supporting Actor. And that was different in this year. They actually had both Best Actor and... They had the Best Actor and the Best Supporting Actress and the Best Actress and Best Supporting Actor... I believe each present the su- the lead. I think they had, and then they had they had someone else present the supporting, if I remember right. Last night was kind of a blur and it was late and it's been a long day today. So, so now let's get to the the statue. It's the Academy of Award of Merit or Oscar, the best known. Uh, Award is the Academy Award of Merit, most properly known as the Oscar Gatchewet, made of gold-plated bronze on a black metal base. The dimensions, it is 13.5 inches tall, weighs 8.5 pounds, and depicts a knight rendered in Art Deco style holding a crusader's sword standing on a reel of film with five spokes. The five spokes represent the original branches of the Academy, actors, writers, directors, producers, and technicians. The model for the statue is said to be Mexican actor Emilio El Indio Fernandez, sculptor George Stanley, who also did the Muse Fountain at the Hollywood Bowl, Sculpted Cedric Gibbon's design. The statuette presented at the initial ceremonies were gold-plated solid bronze. With a few years, the bronze was abandoned in favor of Britannia metal, a pewter-like alloy which is then plated in copper, nickel, silver, and finally 24-karat gold. Due to a metal shortage during World War II, Oscars were made of a painted plaster for three years. Following the war, the Academy invited recipients to redeem their plaster figures for gold-plated metal ones. The only addition of the Oscar since it was created is a minor streamlining of the base. The original Oscar mold was cast in 1928 at the C.W. Shumay and Sons Foundry in Batavia, Illinois, which also contributed to casting the molds for the Vince Lombardi Trophy and Emmy Award statuettes. From 1983 to 2015, approximately 50 Oscars and a tin alloy with gold plating were made each year in Chicago by Illinois manufacturer R.S. Owens & Company. It would take between three and four weeks to manufacture 50 statuettes. In 2016, the Academy returned to bronze as the core metal of the statuettes. Handling manufacturing duties to Walden, New York-based Pollock Talek's Fine Art Foundry. While based on a digital scan of the original 1929 Oscar, the statuettes retain their modern-era dimensions in black pedestal, cast liquid bronze from a 3D-printed ceramic molds, and polished. They are then electroplated in 24-karat gold by Brooklyn, New York-based Epner Technology. The time required to produce 50 statuettes is roughly three months. RSO inspires to continue producing other awards for the Academy and service existing Oscars that need replating. Now, the origin of the name Oscar is disputed. One biography of Bette Davis, who was a president of the Academy, claimed she named the Oscar after her first husband, band leader Harmon Oscar Nelson. Another claim origin is the Academy's executive secretary, Margaret Herrick, who, when she first saw the award in 1931, made reference to the statue, which reminded her of her uncle Oscar, nicknamed for her cousin Oscar Pierce. Weird. Uncle Oscar. That's just odd. Columnist Sidney Skolsky was present during Herrick's naming and sees the name in his byline 
employees affectionately dubbed their famous statuette Oscar. One of the earliest mentions of the term Oscar dates to a Time Magazine article from the 1934 6th Academy Awards. While Disney also thanked the Academy for its Oscar as early as 1932, the trophy first received the name Oscar in 1939 by the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. Now, the engraving. To prevent information identifying the Oscar winners from leaking ahead of the ceremony, Oscar statuettes presented at the ceremony have blank base plates, which really have to be there to notice. And until 2010, winners returned the statuettes to the Academy and had to wait several weeks to have their name inscribed on the respective Oscars. Since 2010, however, winners have had the option of having engraved nameplates applied to their statuettes at an inscription processing station at the Governor's Ball, a party held immediately after the Oscar ceremony. The R.S. Owens Company has engraved nameplates made before the ceremony, bearing the name of every potential winner. The nameplates for the non-winning nominees are later recycled. So, there's that. I didn't realize, I thought they actually... I've seen pictures of, like, Leonardo DiCaprio getting his Oscar engraved, and I thought they actually did the engraving... Uh, the actual engraving on the plates at the ceremony, but it sounds like they are pre-engraved, and then whatever ones that aren't used are just scrapped. So that's interesting. So, the ownership of the Oscar Catch This is something that's actually interesting, and I've seen... You've wondered, like, why haven't more Oscars have been sold or auctioned off as their as the original recipient and their loved ones kind of pass on. So, since 1950, the statuette has been legally encumbered by the requirement that neither winners nor their heirs may sell the statuettes without first offering to sell them back to the Academy for one U.S. dollar. If a winner refuses to agree to this stipulation, then the Academy keeps their statuette. Academy awards were not protected by this agreement have been sold in public auctions and private deals for six-figure sums. In December 2011, Orson Welles' 1941 Oscar for Citizen Kane, the Academy Award for Best Original Screenplay, was put up for auction. After his heirs won a 2004 court decision contending that Wells did not sign an agreement to return the statue to the Academy, on December 20, 2011, it sold in an online auction for $861,542, which is quite a hefty sum. In 1992, Harold Russell named needed money for his wife's medical expenses. In a controversial decision, he co-signed his 1946 Oscar for Best Supporting Actor, to, for the best years of our lives, to Herman Darvick Autograph Auctions, and on August 6, 1992, in New York City, the Oscar sold to a private collector for $60,500. Since he won the award before 1950, he was not required to offer to the Academy first. Russell defended his decision, saying, I don't know why anybody would be critical. My wife's health is much more important to me, more important than sentimental reasons. The movie will be here, even if the Oscar isn't. Harold Russell is the only Academy winning actor to ever sell an Oscar. While the Oscar is owned by the recipient, it is essentially not on the open market. Michael Todd's grandson tried to sell Todd's Oscar statuette to a movie prop collector in 1989, but the Academy won the legal battle by getting a permanent injunction. Although some Oscar sales transactions have been successful, some buyers have subsequently returned the statuette to the Academy, which keeps them in its treasury. So that's interesting. So, obviously, the Oscar is not the only statue that's presented by the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. In addition to the Academy Award of Merit... There are nine honorary non-competitive awards presented by the Academy from time to time. Except for the Academy Honorary Award, the Technical Achievement Award, and the Student Academy Awards, which are presented annually. So, we have the Governor Awards, which consist of the Academy Honorary Award, which may or not be in the form of an Oscar statuette, the Irving G. Thalberg Memorial Award, which is in the form of a bust of Thalberg, the John Herschel Humanitarian Award, which is in the form of an Oscar statuette, the Academy of Scientific and Technical Awards, 
The Academy Award of Merit, non-competitive in the form of an Oscar statuette. The Scientific and Engineering Award in the form of a bronze tablet. Technical Achievement Award in the form of a certificate. That's really sad. Uh, the John A. Bonner Medal of Commendation is the form of a medal. And the Gordon E. Sawyer Award in the Academy Student, the Student Academy Awards. And actually, I kind of want to know, before I move forward, I kind of want to know about these Student Academy Awards. So, it's Annual Competition for College and University Filmmakers. Okay. The awards were originally named the Student Film Awards and were first presented in 1973. Since 75, the awards have been given annually, usually in June. The current name was adopted effective in 1991. The award offers prize in four categories, alternative or experimental film, animation, documentary, and narrative. Gold, silver, and bronze awards will be given in each category, which each company in cash grants of five, three, and $2,000. As of 2005, since 1981, a separate award has been given annually to student filmmakers from outside the United States. Several awards have gone on to significant achievement in filmmaking, including Robert Zemeckis, Bob Saget, Spike Lee, Trey Parker, Pete Docter, and John Lasseter. Some of the award-winning student films have themselves been nominated and or won the Academy Awards in their short film categories, including Chicks in White Satin, The Janitor, Carl Hess, Towards Liberty, The Lunch Date, Nine, Kiro Sir, The Red Jacket, On the Line, God of Love, and The Confession. To extend the impact and honor beyond the competition, a compilation presentation of the gold medal award-winning films is circulated each year, free of charge to educational and non-profit organizations worldwide. So that's interesting. Let's see. So opportunity to get that i don't try to see if they also get like an oscar statuette or if they get something a little different just a little curious here let's see just scrolling through um it might not actually tell me okay well there's that still a bit winning a student academy award is kind of interesting so the nomination process this is something that i think it's worth knowing so since 2004, Academy Award nominations have been announced to the public in mid-January. Prior to that, the results were announced in early February. The Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences, a professional honorary organization, maintains a voting membership of 8,000 people as of 2018. Academy membership is divided into different branches, with each representing a different discipline in film production. Actors constitute the largest voting block, numbering 1,311 members, or 22% of the Academy's composition. Votes have been certified by the auditing firm PricewaterhouseCoopers, and its predecessors, Price Waterhouse, obviously, because it got bigger. For the past 83 annual award ceremonies, the firm mails the ballots of eligible nominees to members of the Academy in December to reflect their previous eligible year with a due date sometime in January of the next year. Then tabulates the votes in a process that takes thousands of hours. All AMPA's members must be invited to join by the Board of Governors on behalf of the Academy Branch Executive Committee. Membership eligibility may be achieved by competitive nomination or a a member may submit a name based on another significant contribution to the field of motion pictures. New membership proposals are considered annually. The Academy does not publicly disclose its membership, although as recently as 2007, press releases have announced their names of those who have been invited to join. Those on release all state that it was just under 6,000 voting members. While the membership had been growing, stricter policies have kept its size steady since then. In 2012, the result of a study conducted by the LA Times were published describing the demographic breakdown of approximately 88% of AMPA's voting membership. Of the 5,100 active voters confirmed 94% were Caucasian, 77% were male, and 52% were found to be over the age of 60. 33% of voting members were former nominees and winners. In May 2011, the Academy sent a letter advising its 600 or so voting members that an online system for Oscar voting would be implemented in 2013. And as far as I know, at that as of this point, it has. And I think they still also allow the mail-in ballots for people who... Like, obviously, the older Academy members who don't really do technology all that well. 
So now we have the rules. So according to the rules 2 and 3 of the official Academy Award rules, a film must open in the previous calendar year from midnight at the start of January 1 to midnight at the end of December 31st and play for seven consecutive days to qualify, except for the foreign language film, best documentary feature, and best documentary short subject. The best foreign language film also does not require a U.S. release. It requires the film to be submitted as its country's official selection. The Best Documentary Feature Award requires each week, either week-long releases in both L.A. County and New York City during the previous calendar year, or a qualifying award at a competitive film festival. From the Documentary Feature Qualifying Festival list, regardless of any public exhibition or distribution, or submission of the foreign language film category as its country's official selection. The Best Documentary Short Subject Award has noticeably different eligibility rules from most other competitive awards. First qualifying period for release does not coincide with a calendar year, instead covering one year period starting on September 1 and ending August 31st of the calendar years before the ceremony. Second, there are multiple methods of qualification. The main method is a week-long theatrical release in either L.A. County or New York City during the eligibility period. Films can also qualify by winning specified awards at one of a number of competitive film festivals as mighty by the Academy. Finally, a film that is selected as a gold, silver, or bronze medal winners in the documentary category of the immediately previous Student Academy Awards is also eligible. So that's interesting. So for example, the 2009 Best Picture winner of The Hurt Locker was actually first released in 2008, but did not qualify for the 2008 awards that did not play its Oscar qualifying run in Los Angeles until mid-2009. Thus qualifying for the 2009 awards... Foreign films must include English subtitles, and each country can submit only one film per year. Rule 2 states that the film must be feature-length, defined as a minimum of 40 minutes, except for short subject awards. And it must exist either on a 35mm or 70mm film print, or in 24 frames or 48 frames per second. A progressive scan digital cinema format with a minimum projector resolution of 2048 by 1080 Affected with the 90th Academy Awards, presented in 2018... Multi-part limited series with, will be ineligible for the Best Documentary Feature Award. The f- this followed the win of OJ Made in America, an eight-hour presentation that was screened in a limited release before being broadcast in five parts on ABC and ESPN. In that category in 2017, the Academy announced of the new rule made no direct mention of that film. Producers must submit an official screen credits online form before the deadline. In case it is not submitted by the defined deadline, the film will be ineligible for any Academy Awards in any year. The form includes the production credits for all related categories, then each form is checked and put in a reminder list of eligible releases. In late December, ballots and copies of the reminder list of eligible releases are mailed to around 6,000 active members. For most categories, members from each of the branches vote to determine the nominees only in their respective categories. Only directors vote for directors, writers for writers, actors for actors. In the special case of Best Picture, all voting members are eligible to select the nominees. In all major categories, a variant of the single transferable vote is used. So the single term, it would, with each member casting a ballot with up to five nominees, ten for Best Picture ranked preferentially. In certain categories, including foreign film, documentary, animated feature, nominees are selected by special screening committees made up of the members from all the branches. In most categories, in most categories, the winner is selected from among the nominees by plurality voting of all members. Since 2009, the Best Picture winners been chosen by instant runoff voting. Since 2013, re-weighed range voting has been used to select the nominees for best visual effects. Now, film companies will spend as much as several million dollars on marketing to awards voters for a movie in the running for best picture, an attempt to improve chances of receiving Oscar and other movie awards conferred in the Oscar season. The Academy enforces rules to limit overt campaigning by its members so as 
trying to eliminate excess and prevent the process from becoming undignified. It is an award czar on staff who advises members on allowed practices and levies penalties on offenders. For example, a producer of the 2009 Best Picture nominee, The Hurt Locker, was disqualified as a producer in a category when he contacted associates urged them to vote for his film and not another that was seen as the front runner. The Hurt Locker eventually did, though, win. So now, I'm kind of talking about like the voting and how that works and campaigning. So now we have the ceremony itself, which is the telecast. That's what everyone talks about when they talk about the Academy Awards, because no one really talks about the other things. The people who don't get really into the the Academy Awards season, the Oscar season. So, the telecast. The major awards are presented at live telecast ceremony, commonly in late February, early March, following the relevant calendar year, and six weeks after the announcement of the nominees. It is the culmination of the film's awards season, which usually begins during November or December of the previous year. This is an elaborate extravaganza with invited guests walking up the red carpet in the creation of the most prominent fashion designers of the day. Black tie dress is the most common outfit for men, although fashion may dictate... Not wearing a bow tie, musical performers sometimes do not adhere to this. The artists who recorded the nominee for Best Original Song quite often perform those songs live at the awards ceremony, and the fact that they're performing is often used to promote the television broadcast. The Academy Awards is the world's longest-running award show televised live in all U.S. time zones, excluding territories that are in mainland North America, Canada, and the United Kingdom, and gathers billions of viewers elsewhere throughout the world. The Oscars were for tele- first televised in 1953 by NBC, which continued to broadcast the event until 1960 when ABC took over, televising the festivities, including the first clear broadcast of the event in 1966 through 1970. NBC regained the rights for five years, between 71 and 75, and then ABC resumed broadcast duties in 76, and is currently contract with the Academy to run through 2028. So that's... 52 years? Kind of surprising. No, 60 years. 62 years, sorry. The Academy has also produced... Condensed versions of the ceremony for broadcast in international markets, especially those outside of the Americas and more desirable local time slots. The ceremony was broadcast live internationally for the first time via satellite since 1970, but only two South American countries, Chile and Brazil, purchased the rights to air the broadcast. By that time, the television rights to the Academy Awards had been sold in 50 countries. A decade later, the rights were already being sold to 60 countries, and by 1984, the TV rights to the awards season were licensed in 76 countries. The ceremonies were moved up from late March, early April to late February since 2004 to help disrupt the short, the intense lobbying and ad campaigns associated with Oscar season in the film industry. Another reason was because of the growing TV ratings success coinciding with the NCAA basketball tournament, which would cut into the Academy Awards. So in 1976-77, ABC regained Oscars. ABC's regained Oscars removed from Tuesday to Monday and went directly opposite NBC's NCAA title game. The earlier date is also to the advantage of ABC, and is now usually occurs during the highly profitable and pertinent February sweeps period. Some years, the ceremony has moved into the first Sunday of March in order to avoid clash with the Winter Olympic Games. Another reason for the move it to late February and early March is also to avoid the awards ceremony occurring so close to the religious holidays of Passover and Easter, which for decades has been a grievance from members and the general public. Advertising is somewhat restricted, however, traditionally no movie studio or Competitors of officially Academy Awards sponsors may advertise during the telecast. The production of the Academy Awards telecast currently holds the distinction of winning the most Emmys in history, with 47 wins and 195 nominations overall since the award's own launch in 1949. After many years of being held on Mondays at 9pm Eastern and 6pm Pacific since the 1999 ceremonies, it was moved to Sundays at 8.30 Pacific time. The reason given... For the move was that the more viewers were tuned in on Sundays. That 
LA rush hour traffic jams could be avoided, and an earlier start time would allow viewers on the East Coast to go to bed earlier. For many years, the film industry opposed a Sunday broadcast because it would cut into the weekend box office. In 2010, the Academy contemplated moving the ceremony even further back into January, citing TV viewers' fatigue with the film industry's long award season. However, such an accelerated schedule would dramatically decrease the voting period for its members to a point where some voters would only have time to view the contending films streamed on their computers as opposed to traditionally receiving the films and ballots in the mail. Furthermore, a January ceremony on Sunday would clash with the National Football League playoff games. In 2018, the Academy announced that the ceremony would move from late February to mid-February, beginning with the 92nd Academy Awards in 2020. Originally scheduled for April 8th of 1968, the 40th Academy Awards ceremony was postponed for two days because of the assassination of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. On 30... On March 30th, 1981, the 53rd Academy Awards were postponed for one day after the shooting of President Ronald Reagan and others in Washington, D.C. In the 1993, an in-memoriam segment was introduced, honoring those who made significant contributions to cinema who had died in the preceding 12 months. A selection compiled by a small committee of Academy members. The segment had drawn criticism over the years for the omission of some names. Criticism was also levied for many years regarding another aspect, with the segment having a popularity contest feels that the audience varied their applause to those who have died by the subject's cultural impact. The applause has been muted during the telecast, and the audience is discouraged from clapping during the segment and giving silent reflection instead. In terms of broadcast length, the ceremony generally averages three and a half hours. The first Oscars in 1929 lasted 50 minutes, like I said. At the end of the spectrum, the 2002 ceremony lasted four hours and 23 minutes. Yikes. In 2010, the organizers of the Academy Awards announced winners' acceptance speeches must not run past 45 seconds. This, according to organizer Bill mechanic was to ensure the elimination of what he termed the single most hated thing of on the show overly long and embarrassingly displays of emotion in 2016 in a further effort to streamline speeches winners dedications were displayed on a an on-screen ticker during the 2018 ceremony host Jimmy acknowledged how long the ceremony had become by announcing that he would give a brand new jet ski to whoever gave the shortest speech of the night award won by mark bridges when accepting his Best Costume Design Award for Phantom Thread. The Wall Street Journal analyzed the average mi- average minute spent across the 2014-2018 telecast as follows. 14 on-song performances, 25 on host speeches, 38 on pre-recorded clips, and 78 on the awards themselves. Broken into 24 of the introduction announcements, 24 on the winners walking to the stage, and 30 on their acceptance speeches. Although still dominant ratings, the viewership of the Academy has steadily dropped. The 88th Academy Awards were the lowest rated in the past eight years, although the increase in mail and 18-49 viewership. While that show also, itself also faced mixed reception, following the show's variety report that ABC was in negotiation, in negotiating extension to its contract broadcast through the Oxers, seeing to have more creative control over the broadcast itself. Currently and nominally, Ampus is responsible for most aspects of the telecast, including the choice of production staff and hosting, although ABC is allowed to have some input on their decision. In August 2016, Ampus extended its contract with Excuse me, with ABC through 2028. The contract neither contains any notable changes, nor gives ABC any further creative control over the telecast. So now the ratings. Historically, the Oscar cast has pulled a bigger haul when the box office hits are favored to win the Best Picture trophy. More than 57.25 million viewers tuned into the telecast for the 70th Academy Awards in 1998, the year of Titanic, which generated close to 600 million at the North American box office pre-Oscars. The 76th Academy Awards ceremony in which Lord of the Rings Return of the King received 11 Academy Awards, including Best Picture, during the 43 point, drew, sorry, drew 43.56 million viewers. 
The most watched ceremony based on Nielsen ratings to date, however, was the 42nd Academy Awards for Best Picture of Moon- Midnight Cowboy, which drew 43.4% household rating on April 7th, 1970. By contrast, ceremonies honoring films that have not performed well at the box office tend to show weaker ratings. The 78th Academy Awards, was, which awarded low-budgeted independent film Crash, was a pre-Oscar gross of $53.4 million, generating an audience of $38.64 million with a household rating of 22.91%. In 2008, the 80th Academy Awards telecast was watched by 31.76 million viewers on average with 18.66 household rating. Those rated and least watched ceremony at the time in spite of celebrating 80 years of the Academy Awards. The best picture winner of that particular ceremony was another independently financed film, No Country for Old Men. Now we have the venue, which is currently and has been for a very long time, has been the Dolby Theater, previously known as the Kodak Theater. So in 1929, the first awards was at the Hollywood Roosevelt Hotel. From 1930 to 43, the ceremony alternated between two venues, the Ambassador Hotel on Wilshire Boulevard and the Biltmore Hotel in downtown Los Angeles. Grauman Chinese Theater in Hollywood then hosted the awards from 44 to 46, followed by the Schron Auditorium from 47 to 48. The 21st Academy Awards in 49 were held at the Academy Award Theater at what was then the Academy's headquarters on Melrose Avenue in Hollywood. From 1950 to 60, the awards were presented at Hollywood's Pantages Theater. With the advent of television, the awards from 1953 to 57 took place simultaneously in Hollywood and New York, first at the NBC International Theater and then at the NBC Century Theater, after which ceremony took place solely in Los Angeles. The Oscars moved to the Santa Monica Civic Auditorium in Santa Monica, California in 61. By 69, the, side, the Academy decided to move the ceremonies back to L.A., this time to the Dorothy Chandelier Pavilion at the L.A. C- Country Music Center. Some years, the ceremony were at Shriners Auditorium by USC. And then since 2002, it's been at the Dolby Theater, which was previously known as the Kodak Theater. So now we have the categories, which... Obviously, there's a lot of ones that have been there since the very beginning, and some that have been added slowly but surely since then. So, obviously, we have Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor, Best Actress. They've been around since the very beginning. Then we have Supporting Actor and Supporting Actress has been around since 1936. Best Animated Film, which is the newest award, which was started in 2001. Animated Short, as all, but Animated Short has been around since 30 and 31, so just a few years after it started. Best Cinematography has been around since the beginning, since 27-28. Costume Design since 48. Documentary Feature since 43. Short Subject Documentary, 41. Film Editing, 34. Foreign Language Film in 47. Live Action Short, 1931-32. So the same time as a couple of the other awards. Makeup and Hairstyling has only been since 81, which is kind of surprising to me. Score has been 34. Songs has been 34. Production Design since the beginning, 27-28. Sound editing, 63. Sound mixing, 29 and 30. So just, let's say that was the most recent one added after the original batch. Visual effects in 39. Visual effects has really taken a change. Now visual effects is commonly given to the movie the best effects that commonly now refer to like CGI or other effects. Like we saw like Ready Player One and Avengers Infinity War and Black Panther, all of them nominated this year. And First Man, which ended up winning. Both used... A fair amount of practical effects and computer graphically designed effects. So, yes, can't imagine the 39 effects that they had versus now. Adapted screenplay since around the beginning and original screenplay since 40. Which is surprising, though. I feel like there was original screenplays back then. But they're probably all adapted from books and other forms at the time. So, in the first year of the awards, the Best Directing Award was split into two categories, Drama and Comedy. 
At times, the Best Original Score all award was also been split into separate categories for drama and comedy slash musical. From the 30s through 60s, the art direction, now production design, cinematography, and costume design were likewise split into two categories, black and white and color films. Interesting. Prior to 2012, the production design award was called Art Direction, while the Makeup and Hairstyling Award was called Makeup. In 2018, the Academy announced that several categories would not be televised live, but rather be recorded during commercial breaks and aired later in the ceremony. Following dissent from Academy members, they announced they would indeed air all 24 categories. The followed a number of proposals, including choosing a popular film category that the Academy had announced but did not implement. There's actually been a fair amount of discontinued categories. We had Best Assistant Director, which only was around between 32-33 and 37, to 1937. Best Director of Comedy, obviously it was around since 27-28, and Drama, so those were just condensed into the Best Director. Best Dance Direction, only lasted two years, from 35 to 37. Best Engineering Effects, 27-28, so it was around from the beginning. Probably got replaced by Visual Effects. Um... Best Original Musical or Comedy Score. So now it's just Best best Score. Um, or Best Original Score. Yeah. So I guess there was the Comedy Score. Best Original Musical. Got rid of that in 1984. Or was that when it was implemented? I think it was just implemented in 84 and only lasted a year. Best Original Story. Went from the beginning to 56. I guess it kind of got replaced by screenplay. That's probably what makes more sense. No, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's interesting. Uh, best short, best short subject one real, best short subject two real, which I guess was in terms of length, and then best short subject color, best short subject comedy, best short subject novelty. The Academy Award for best title writing and the Academy Award for best unique and artistic production. That's an interesting award. There have been proposed categories. The Best Casting, so it would probably have been a Casting Director Award. That was rejected in 1999. The Best Popular Film was proposed in 2018 for presentation at the 2019 ceremony. Postponed until the 2020 ceremony at the earliest. Best Stunt Coordination rejected every year from 1999 to 2012. It hasn't been brought up since. I think Stunt Coordination should be a valuable thing added. Best Title Design was rejected in 1999. We also have special categories. There was the current special categories are the, I guess there's the Academy Honorary Award. This is the list I've heard before. The Discontinued Special Award was the Juvenile Award, probably replaced by the Student Award, and I guess they really don't award young actors anymore. They only did it from 34 to 60. Now we have the criticism. You can't really talk about all the good without the bad. So we have the accusations uh, accusations of commercialism. Due to the positive exposure and prestige of the Academy Awards, many students spend millions of dollars and hire publicists specifically to promote their films during what is typically called the Oscar season. This generated accusation of the Academy Awards being influenced more by marketing than quality. William Fredkin, an Academy Award-winning film director and former producer of the ceremony, expressed the sentiment at a conference in New York in 2009, describing it as the greatest promotion scheme that any industry ever devised for itself. Tim Dirk, editor of the AMC's filmsite.org, has written on the Academy Awards. Unfortunately, the critical worth, artistic vision, cultural influence, and innovative qualities of many films are not given the same voltage weight. Voting weight, sorry. Especially since the 1980s, money-making formula-made blockbusters with glossy production values have often been crowd-pleasing titans and Best Picture winners, but they haven't necessarily been great films with depth or critical acclaim by any measure. We have accusations of bias, i.e. Oscar bait. Typical criticism of the Academy Award for Best Pictures that 
among the winners and nominees, there's an overrepresentation of romantic historical epics, biographical dramas, romantic dramedies, and family melodramas, most of which were released in the U.S. the last three months of the calendar year. The Oscars have been famously known for selecting specific genres of movies to be awarded. This has led to the coin of the term Oscar bait, describing such movies that has led at times to more specific criticism that the Academy is disconnected from the audience. By favoring Oscar bait over audience favorites or favoring historical melodramas over critically acclaimed movies that depict current life issues. Now we have allegations of lack of diversity. The Academy Awards have received critic have long received criticism over its lack of diversity among the nominees. This criticism is based on the statistics from every Academy Award since 1929, which shows us that only 6.4% of Academy Award nominees have been non-white, and since 1991, 11.2% nominees have been non-white, with the rate of winners being even more polarizing. The idea that the Academy Awards became the target of a boycott popularized on social media by the Oscars So White, based on critics' perception that all white acting nominees' list reflected bias. In response, the Academy initiated historic changes in membership by the year 2020. Symbolism or sentimentalization. Sorry, it's kind of a hard word to say. Acting prize in certain years have been criticized for not representing superior performances so much as being awarded for personal popularity. To make it for a snub for a performance work that proved in time to be more popular and renowned than the one actually awarded, or presented as a career honor to recognize distinguished nominees' entire body of work. You can look at, recently, Leonardo DiCaprio winning for The Revenant. Which, yes, is a great film. He did a lot of work for it. But no one would really call it his best film. But he's been nominated many times before for, like, when he played Howard Hughes, for um, Wolf of Wall Street, for some of these other films. The Departed? I thought The Departed was him. Yeah. Um, all these times he got nominated before, but this one was his time to give it to him. It was a weak year otherwise, and... It was more of a career distinction than one they did for the award. Decided they did eat a live, was it horse liver? Yeah, interesting. So, refusing the award. So, some winners critical of the Academy Awards have both credited the ceremony and refused to accept their Oscars. The first to do so was screenwriter Dudley Nichols, best writing in 1935 for The Informer. Nichols boycotted the 8th Academy Awards ceremony because of the conflicts between the Academy and the Writers Guild. Nichols eventually accepted in 1935, award three years later. At the 1938 ceremony, Nichols was nominated for three further Academy Awards during his career. George C. Scott became the second person to refuse his award, Best Actor in 1974, Patton, at the 43rd Academy Awards. Scott described it as a meat parade, saying, I don't want any part of it. Nice. The third person to refuse the award was Marlon Brando, who refused his award, Best Actor of for 1972's The Godfather, citing the film industry's discrimination and mistreatment of Native Americans. At the 45th Awards ceremony, Brando sent actress and civil rights activist Sachin Littlefeather to read a 15-page speech detailing his criticism where she was booed by the audience. Lovely. So, incidents. At the 89th Academy Awards, this is one to be fresh in your memory, Warren Beatty and Faye Dunaway mistakenly announced La La Land as the recipient of the Best Picture Award instead of Moonlight, the actual winner. Beatty had been given the wrong envelope and after hesitating during the announcement, handed the envelope to Dunaway, which listed Emma Stone as Best Actress for La La Land and led to the confusion. The proper news announced after the acceptance speech by La La Land producers Fred Berger, Jordan Hurwitz, and Mark Platt. The following year, Beatty and Dunaway were invited back to the presenters of the Best Picture Award, which they accomplished without error. So let's look at this incident, because this was in the whole time of the Academy Awards. There's never been something that's been quite this 
not quite epic, but it's never been something that happened this way. So this was an error that was definitely orchestrated by PricewaterhouseCoopers through their their representatives. So Warren Beatty and Faye Dunaway came on stage to present the award for Best Picture in celebration of the 50th anniversary of the film Bonnie and Clyde. After opening the envelope, Beatty hesitated to announce the winner, eventually showing it to Dunaway, who glanced at it and declared the favorite for the award, La La Land, the winner. However, more than two minutes later, as the producers of La La Land and were making their acceptance speeches, Oscar crew members came on stage, took the envelope from those assembled, explained that there had been a mistake. La La Land producer Fred Berger, having heard the news, concluded his brief speech by saying, We lost, by the way. Beatty was then given the correct Opened envelope as La Land producer Jordan Hurwitz stepped to the microphone, announced the error, stated that Moonlight had actually won the award, and took the card bearing the film's title from Beatty's hand and showed it to the camera as the audience's proof. The La Land team, particularly Horowitz, would later be praised for their professional handling of the situation. Beatty returned to the microphone and explained that the envelope had been initially given named Emma Stone for her actress performance in La Land, hence his confusing pause, and confirmed that Moonlight was the winner. The producer of Moonlight then came on stage, Horowitz presented the Best Picture Award to him, to them, and they gave their acceptance speeches. According to the Hollywood Reporter, PricewaterhouseCoopers, the accounting firm responsible for tabulating results, preparing the envelopes, and handling the presenters, create two sets of envelopes which are kept on opposite sides of the stage. It is intended that each award has one prime envelope and one backup envelope that remains with one of the PwC accountants in the wings. Video stills from the broadcast show that Beatty and Dunaway have been given the single remaining, still unopened um, backup envelope for actors in a leading role as they walked onto the stage. So PricewaterhouseCoopers issued a statement apologizing for this error. We sincerely apologize to Moonlight, La La Land, Warren Beatty, Faye Dunaway, and Oscar viewers for the error that was made during the award announcement for Best Picture. The presenter had mistakenly been given the wrong category envelope and was discovered, was immediately corrected. We're currently investigating how this could have happened amid and deeply regret that this occurred. We appreciate the grace with which the nominees of the Academy, ABC, and Jimmy Kimmel handled the situation. An article from the New York Times explained... The design of the envelopes could have been a factor. The envelopes were redesigned this year to feature red paper with gold lettering that specified the award enclosed, rather than gold paper with dark lettering, which could have made the letter harder to read. The Academy Motion Picture Arts and Sciences, not PwC, is responsible for the design and procurement of the envelopes. Brian Cullinan, the PwC accountant who gave the wrong envelope to Beatty, had been instructed to not, not use social media during the event. However, moments after handing over the envelope, he had tweeted a snapshot of Stone standing backstage. Variety published photographs of Cullinan that were taken at the time, which showed him backstage while tweeting the image. So, critical reviews. The show was... Uh, no, we're really not going to talk about that. That was mainly the thing um, we we're going to talk about with that award show. So, there's been also talk of plagiarism and controversy. So, up to now, no movie has been disqualified for plagiarism. Zootopia. On March 21st, 2017, a copyright infringement lawsuit filed against Disney by Esplanade, Esplanade Productions, a company owned by Gary Oldman... This co- not the Gary L. Thinkman of Gary L. Goldman, this co-screenwriter of Total Recall. The lawsuit cites that Goldman in 2000 and 2009 pitched a concept to Disney for a live-action film titled Looney, which was about a socially awkward animator who creates a self-inspired TV cartoon called Zootopia. Disney twice rejects the pitch, but Goldman accused the company of copying the name, themes, and setting, and character tropes. Followed with the lawsuit was a graphic of early concept artwork of characters that are claimed to appear similar to major characters in the film including Nick Wilde, Judy Hopps, Flash, and Chief Bogo. Disney spokesman described the lawsuit as being ridden with patently false allegation. U.S. District Judge Michael W. Fitzgerald dismissed the infringement claims on November 8th of 2017. The Shape of Water, another one that was under some plagiarism. In February 2018, the estate of Paul Zindel, 
issued a lawsuit in the United States District Court for the Central District of California against director Guillermo del Toro and associate producer Dina Cross, alleging that Shape of Water brazenly copies the story elements, characters, and themes of Zindel's 1969 work, Let Me Hear You Whisper, which was a clean lady bonding with a dolphin and attempting to rescue it from a secret research laboratory's nefarious uses. In July 2018, Judge Percy's Anderson's dismissed the suit. So, seven films have been disqualified before the official word ceremony became they because they violated the regulations. So, of these, the Circus Hondo High Society, The Godfather, A Place in the World, Tube Atlantic, and Alone Yet Not Alone, as well as Young Americans. So, The Godfather was initially nominated for 11 awards. Its nomination for Best Original Score was revoked after it was discovered that the main theme was very similar to the music that the score's composer had written for an earlier film. None of its other nominations were revoked, and it received three Oscars, including Best Picture. Now, one thing I think this is a little ridiculous is that the there are presenter and performer gifts. It has become a tradition to give out bags to the presenters and performers at the Oscars. In recent years, these gifts have also been extended to award nominees and winners. The value of each of these bags can reach into the tens of thousands of dollars. In 2014, the value was reported to be as high as $80,000. The value has risen to the point where the U.S. Internal Revenue Service issued a statement regarding the gifts and their taxable status. That's intense. Other gift bags have included vacation packages to Hawaii and Mexico and Japan, a private dinner party for the recipient and friends at a restaurant, video phones, a four-night stay at a hotel, watches, bracelets, spa treatments, bottles of vodka, maple salad dressing, and weight-loss gummy candy. Some of the gifts have been even have a risque element to them. In 2014, the adult production retailer Adam and Eve had a secret room gifting suite. Somebody visiting the gifting suite included Judith Hogue, Carolyn Hennessy, Kate Linder, Chris Mulkey, Jim O'Hare, and NBA player John Sally. Weird. Um, we can quickly run down the ratings. Um, it has them for all since the 70s, but let's just look at let's just look at the last 10 years. So 2009 to 2019. So viewers, it has. Uh, so this year, 2019, it had 29.6 million viewers. Last year, 26.5, so a three million drop. Or, I guess it's a 3 million game from last year. Before 2018, the 2017 year was 32.9. Before that, in 2016, it was 34.3. Um, that we have, uh, then it was 37.26, 43.74, 40.36, 39.46, 39.46, 37.9, 41.69, and 36.3. So 2010 was the highest, oh sorry, uh, 2014 was the highest of 43.74. And that was five years ago. Uh, best picture from 2014 was, where is it? 12 Years a Slave. So that was the year for anyone who's trying to keep track of that. And yeah, that's uh, that's really it. That's all I really have about the Oscars. It's definitely one of those things that a lot of people don't like it. A lot of people like it. It's definitely seen to some as elitist. And it kind of, it kind of is. It's... It's self-serving because it's actors giving awards to themselves, but or actors the people in the film industry giving awards to themselves. But it's seen as the highest honor. Some people who don't see movies often will see movies that are nominated or win Best Picture more than any other film. So it does give people who don't normally see these types of movies an extra opportunity to be like, "Oh, it won Best Picture. It must be worth seeing." And I have definitely have 
best picture nominated films or best picture winning films in my film collection also films that probably are considered razzie nominated films which is the razzie awards is a whole other thing is kind of the the anti-oscar it's the the film that rewards worst acting worst directing worst film all of that but yeah i think that'll probably do it we're running at almost an hour which is pretty intense i won't be doing um many episode today i'm kind of retooling the idea of what i'm doing uh, coming up with some new uh, uh, episode, new mini-sodes to talk about. So, and they'll be back. Uh, and they'll be back in full force with episode ten, maybe even before. But I'm still trying to figure out what exactly I want to do there. So, I want to thank you guys for listening. Thanks again for letting I uh, listen to my episode. And I definitely had a great birthday, turning 29, last year of my 20s. So, yeah, thanks for listening to Poor 360. Definitely check us out next week for a whole new topic and I know new. Uh, poll will be out soon be sure to share it vote on it and yeah let me pick what we're going to talk about next week thanks guys you've been listening to poor 360 you can find us on the socials at poor 360 on facebook twitter and instagram you can find us and all the other podcasts on our network at journeyintocomics.com or early access at patreon.com slash journeyintocomics you can find us on all podcasting platforms like castbox podbean stitcher radio spotify and many others Hey, this is uh, Nathan Explosion from Death Clock, and uh, I just wanted to tell you guys about an event coming up in here pretty soon, Ma- March 23rd. Fun for Funs is a Journey in the Comics Network event. Oh yeah, and it's featuring lame pit kids from Bruce with Dudes, and Pit Kids Trophy, and Dungeons with Dudes, and Journey in the Comics. With performances by those Jackasses in band number one. Also, Boner Jovi, Walk Among Us, and Yesterday's Chips. I do not want to say the things about the, the comedians, the ones, the, the big Santa Claus's comedians, them's Patrick's Mercies. It's the live stand ups guys that will be there at the north in pubs on March 23rd. Dr. Roxo! The Rock and Roll Club, baby! Here to tell you one last thing, man. You might have forgot about it, but doors are open in the three. We're gonna have podcasts at four. You're gonna pay $10, baby. And it's 21 and up. That's a fact, Jack. Check it out.